0: Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers, past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Okay, I am super excited to interview Donna Browning, who I worked with 40 years ago. And hello, Hollywood, hello and saw her at that reunion. It was so fun to connect again. And so as I've been reaching out to people for these interviews, I'm starting with people that I have some history with. So we have a commonality. Um, But I would love to hear more of your story because I don't think I knew that much when we worked together. So if you wouldn't mind telling me where you're from and what your dance training was and how the heck you got into one of these giant shows. (laughs) Eventually.
1: my pleasure. Well, you know, I think it's just like any little girl always always wants to dance right and so I was I'm Australian I was born in a tiny little country town um with you know very small population there was no dance school but fortunately for me I will say my brother got very ill my little brother he's 18 months younger than me and the doctors basically long story short told us told my mum and dad that they needed to get him down to sea level and so when I was uh about eight and a half, and he was about seven, we moved to the Gold Coast in Queensland, which is, um, you know, famous, very famous resort, you know, 20, you know, 25 miles of, you know, beautiful, beautiful beaches. And um, that's where I had the opportunity to go and take my first ballet class, because I I met, you know, at the local, you know, school, I overheard some girls talking, about, you know, they have gone to ballet class. And so I went home to my mom and I said, mom there's a ballet teacher here, there's a ballet teacher here. And so off I went. And unbeknownst to us, because we didn't know what a good teacher was, right? But, you know, um, off we went. And um, Patricia McDonald was my ballet teacher, starting, literally starting when I was, just before I was nine years old, which for, um, she was an R.E.D. teacher, Royal Academy of Dancing um teacher and so to start at that age usually rad they start them in that pre-primary stage when they're you know three four year old or whatever not that they teach them too much but you know a lot of parents i mean i've taught you know pre-primaries is what they're called but um anyway so i started um rad ballet at you know basically we'll say nine years old And um, just happened to end up with one of the best teachers in Australia. Um, She was an examiner for the Royal Academy in London. And um, she travelled a lot. Now, obviously, um, I wasn't five foot two or five foot three. I was basically five foot nine by the time I was 12 years old. Oh, really? So we knew... Yes, I got very tall very, very quickly. Yeah, I mean, my head's and you know, I mean, head and shoulders over everybody. So um, anyway, I had always loved to teach kids school, and you know, I was always the boss. My mum used to make jokes about, oh, Donna always has to be the teacher, right? Well, obviously, you know, you're, built, you're born with an instinct, you know, you can teach or you can't. Some people can teach, some people can't. So I think that was something, a gift that I was given, you know, along the way. And I was, you know, by the time I was um, 13, but um, no, 14, excuse me, I was 14. So now I'm in majors, what they call majors in uh, the Royal Academy, where you're now on point. Um, it's it's a whole lot more than you know your first four, you know grades one through four or you know just kind of like little girl ballet you know when you start with point shoes on the classes just you know the girls disappear because um, it's, it's a, it changes everything you know you look down you've got blood in your shoes you know it's not it's, it hurts you've got the blisters on and my teacher she would not allow us to wrap our feet. You we were soaking our feet in methylated spirits to dry them out about three months before we did go into point shoes, but yeah, you had a pair of tights on straight into the shoe. She oh. was hardcore. Yeah, she was hardcore. But it was a discipline that we had to learn because dancing is mind over matter. And um she certainly banged that into us at a very young age. But anyway, so I'm about 14 and she decides that, because now the, the Royal Academy is now tra- making her travel a lot. And she brought, she's bringing in teachers because she's basically away from the school about, you know, probably a good close six months out of the year now because she's such a sought after examiner. And um, she's traveling here to the United States. She was traveling um, all over Europe. She, I think she was even going to New Zealand. And so she needed to try and find somebody within the ranks that would assist her in running the school because she had a good sized school. She used to have a studio up in Brisbane Um, And so then when she moved down to the Gold Coast, which is really just a, you know, 50-minute drive, but, you know, it's um, down on the Gold Coast, out of the city, the Brisbane's a city. Um, So anyway, she decided to do uh, a scholarship competition, uh, and it was a teaching scholarship. And she basically, any of us that wanted or were interested could go ahead and try out and, you know, go for this scholarship to see if we could, you know, win this, um, you know, the, she was going to teach you to be a teacher. And so I won it, um, at 14 out of, out of the school. And so that was kind of the start of Donna, the teacher and, um, (laughs) so I went through the training and I, you know, you grasp it quickly. And so I, I was teaching the pre-primaries the primaries, grade one, those little good, little ones, you know, I, I probably taught them for, for a year or something after that and uh, just really enjoyed that. And, and because now I'm so tall, I knew that my future in a ballet world was, was, you know, not there, especially in Australia. You know, the Australian ballet, the dance down there, five foot four, something like that. So I knew my, you know, as far as a dance career I, I, and a I ballet, it was the ballet world that I was always interested in and that I figured I would be a teacher. So I was getting ready to finish high school and my teacher, Miss, we called her Miss Pat, she came to my mom and she said, Donna's got a gift to teach And she says, but in order to be a really good teacher, she needs to have stage experience. And so um, she said, I know Madam Bluebell. Now in Australia, not so much over here in the United States, but if you say Bluebell, Madam Bluebell, or you were a Bluebell dancer, people know who they are. They're very familiar with who they are. Mm -hmm. And so we knew immediately, um, you know, when Miss Pat said, you know, she was going to write to Bluebell, and get an audition set up because she says, I want her to get stage experience. And then, you know, she can come back and we can talk about the rest of it from there. And so, um, and this this was basically, I want to say this was like October. And you know, our school year is January to December. You know, we follow the calendar year down there. So it's a little bit confusing, but this was like towards the end of the school year, October, November. Um so she wrote off to Bluebell and then really literally within um six weeks she heard back and it, we heard back via Mrs. Lee, who was her um agent in Australia, and she was in Sydney and um Mrs. Lee's daughter Trisha Lee was the principal at that time in Hallelujah, Hollywood, uh which was here in Vegas, right? So anyway. She contacted us, and we set up an audition. And so, for the first time in my life, I got on an aeroplane. Never been on a plane before, right? Oh, wow! So, yeah. And so, fortunately, um, one of my mum's brothers lived in Sydney, and so um, my auntie Diana came over and picked picked me up at the airport, and she helped out with you know getting me to the audition and all that kind of stuff. And then mum, mum and dad drove down so that they could be a part of the process because they, you know, I go to Mrs. Lee's, you know, um, she had like this apartment, it seemed like in the city. And we did, I, you know, I did this addition. Funnily enough, Trisha was home on vacation. So I got to meet her. And there's a neat story with that because she gave me my first G-string. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what do I do with this? You know, and I was, go so home in tears because you know, they offered me a contract. And at first we thought that they were going to send me to Paris. And then at the last minute, they said, oh, wait, we, we need dancers in Reno in the United States. And there's a brand new show going in over there and that's where we're sending you. And so Trisha had said, it's okay, I'm in Vegas. You know, Vegas and Reno are all in the same state. You know, because you don't know this stuff. I'm coming, right. I'm coming from nothing. Also, I could think of this New York gang. I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm screwed here. But anyway, so literally, I did that audition over the uh, Christmas holidays, which is the summer holidays of December down there, and I was on a plane to Reno February 6th, February 7th, oh. so it happened so stinking fast. I, had, I mean, I had no time to even, like, realize what just happened. Um, so, yeah, it was a whirlwind of things, but that's how I got here in the first place, was you know my ballet teacher saying you need you, you need you know you know you need some uh, stage experience and um and I was like yeah that sounds good so never in my wildest dream so here I am in this massive show as it turns out it's like the biggest show on the biggest stage you've ever seen you know so we leave australia you know and you 70-
0: say we can you go back because that was fascinating to me it wasn't just you there was what 10, 20
1: something yeah, 30 something yeah there were 20 australians that were coming because i think all told the cast was like over 100 people there's you know, 150 we, yeah we, yeah, we have 150 With when you have the acts and we had the singers we had a full line of female full, full line of male then we had the short dances we had the bluebells. You know, there were like 50 bluebells, there were like 50 tournaments. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge cast. And so, yeah, so here we are. We leave Australia. It's lovely, warm summer weather because, once again, everything's opposite. We arrive, you know, get on the plane and um, I meet my future roommate, which turned out to be one of my best friends over the, you know, for the last 40-plus years. You know, Narelle, we were the two youngest on the plane, and the first, the only two Australians who had never worked before. So Mrs. Lee was very smart in how she put us together on the plane because they literally ask you when you when we landed in Reno in the middle of the night, okay, pick a roommate. You know, pick somebody to be a roommate because CMGM at the time had I don't I think they I don't think they had bought very place, but they had certainly leased a large amount of apartments in this, uh, this one um, place off of, what was it, off, junior, uh, because there was a lot of Europeans coming in as well. You know, the acts were all European or whatever, and mm-hmm. all of us from Australia. So they needed a place to house everybody. And of course, I think probably all the Americans too that were coming in from other places. But um, yeah, we were all living you know, in the same apartment block. And so we were, you know, yeah, pick your roommate, you know, and it's, <laughs> mid- and it's freezing cold. My goodness, it was freezing cold. <laughs> and, um, and so there, there we were. And uh, then it was like signing all these insurance papers and, you know, that we knew nothing about because that doesn't exist in Australia. And I was that you know, we're going back a long time.
0: But yeah, so
1: then we, you know, we, we started the rehearsals when w- we were working in on the stage, the building, the hotel was not finished. We were walking through the casino, um, concrete floors, because um, you know, they would literally bring us through on the bottom, and you were walking through mud because it was snow and wintertime. And so you're, you're the, um, we'd all see cabs used to come and pick us up at the same time every day. They always knew. Um, and all of us would pile into these cabs and off we'd go and they'd drop us off at, you know, the same place. And we would literally start at one end of it and move all the way across the casino floor. But there was nothing in there except concrete and, you know, You know poles and stuff, and then I'll always remember this was really mind blowing as a young girl, first time dancing as a professional, walking into the theatre because there were no seats, and there were no there was no scenery, and there was not any curtains. So you literally stood, I mean, Sherry, you remember, standing at the top where the maitre d's and the captains used to always be, where you come through those back doors, you literally could turn your head all the way to the right and all the way to the left, and that's how big that stage was. It was monstrous. Yeah. Um, And you it was just, you just really, you know, it just really took you aback, you know, because I mean, there's no carpet, there was nothing, no, there was, they had carpet on the floor, no seats, no nothing, but yeah, this massive big stage, and it went miles back, the back wall was just all the way back there, it was crazy. Yeah. And, yeah, and so it was really, it was very intimidating, you know, it's very intimidating, the, those first days, for sure. But, um, and then, of course, you know, the the whole process begins and we do our first warm-up and you get up on stage and, there you know, we had, what, four choreographers and each one of them would do a, you know, different warm-up or whatever. And so there we are and I'm, like, all the way over on the left and Don Arden in the house. Now, of course, I don't know anything about Don Arden. I don't, I don't know the horror stories yet, right? Right. But... Um, there I am, you know, I'm all the way over on stage left and there was this guy that was in front of me. I was like two rows, you know, two rows back or something. I was pretty close up so I could see what was going on. I wasn't afraid of the dancing, you know. I, I, I knew I was trained. I knew I'd, I'd be able to probably do anything they wanted me to do. Anyway, this person, Mr Arden, starts yelling at this guy in front of me and I thought he was talking to me at first. What are you doing? I mean, he's screaming at this person. You don't know how to dance. Get off my stage. And that person literally got fired that first night. And he was right there in front of me. And I was like, holy crap, what the (laughs) heck? You know, here, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah, you could spend the next three hours talking about stories of the rehearsal period. But it was absolutely fascinating to watch that dance thing get put together as the, you know, four months, we were in rehearsal for four months. They did have to give us a week or something off in the middle of it because everything was trying, they were trying to be electronic with all the staircase units to get them on and off the stage. They didn't want stagehand pushing them. They wanted them to come in at the same time and, you know, so that they could all be done musical, I suppose. So I remember they had to give us some time off in the middle of that, but basically we were in rehearsals for, you know, four months to get that dang thing open. But I will remember another neat uh, feeling was Linda Ennis, who was my dance captain at the time, and... Um, she was learning everybody's show. I was, you know, you learn then what a swing dancer is and what a dance captain is. These were all new things to me. I didn't know what they were. But she, we were, we were at this point where she was learning all of our spots and we had finished, we had now got the sets in for the full opening. And so she came to me and she said, Donna, I want to do your opening. Go watch it. Girl, that was the most amazing thing because, you know, you've, you've spent the last two or three months of just doing the rehearsal, you know, going, doing choreography, you know, just trying to do the best you can. And then you go sit and watch the plane coming forward, the sets coming in and out, the staircases coming in and out. You see, and I was in awe of this man. Yes. I yeah. love in or I it was unbelievable and since that experience my husband loves to make the joke I've built several shows since then from the ground up because the process to me is fascinating to actually be a part of um the beginning crew that the choreography is built on you know I got to do that with end of the night where they asked six of us to for for the choreographer to figure out the choreography on us I mean that's Very cool. That's really, really, I think that's more fun as being a performer. But, um, but yeah, those were, you know, on a very young person dancing for the first time. That was an amazing experience to see that happen. And then, you know, and then it's like, then, then there were other things that were very hard to deal with. Because, for example, I was a Bluebell when the show first opened. The robot number, the choreography for that was fierce, absolutely yeah. fierce. The thing is, I discovered that I liked modern dance more than I liked ballet because it suited my body. You know, yes. the, 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 you know the, ja- the more jazzy feeling suited me. I had not had exposure to that before, I was all ballet. I was in yeah. ballet, like, I showed up with pink tights and my hair in a bun, you know, the first day. So um, yeah, when we started to work on this robot number, oh, I loved it because it was gutsy, it was very gutsy, which of course I got into as, as my career went along. And the thing that just killed me that there was such beautiful choreography, Dancing in the Dark was absolutely beautiful, but the costumes arrived and you can't do it. You can't do the choreography and costumes. And so they sacrificed choreography for the costume. That was very difficult, you know, as as a young dancer, you know, seeing how that process, how that happened, you know, that some things just could be done. You know, so, you know, there's a few stories of that. But yeah, I was there from beginning to end, 1978 until
0: 1989. Um, You've been through been, the change of apps and then the Farco's came in, which I was gone. Yeah. And then yeah. to, what was it like yeah. to watch those and then to see it close?
1: Yeah, it was, um, you know, we, at the five year mark of the show running, um, the audiences had been packed every night at that point. A lot of people come up from San Francisco, you know, the Bay Area. We were very influenced by, you know, Northern California. But you know, during the winter time, this, the past would close, and you know all that kind of good stuff. And then the show started to drop off, you know, that six, seven-year mark or whatever. And so then they started incorporating these acts. You know, we had Ch- um, Charo, we had Suzanne Summers, um, Phyllis Diller. You know, uh, Fifth Dimension. Uh, they and it was, it was, it kind of gave the the show a new life. If you if if Yeah, I suppose it did. You know, basically they um, replaced the tiller line and all that kind of stuff with the act. They came in and did an act. And some of them... You know, used the boy dancers. Like Suzanne Summers used, uh, you know, a few of the boy dancers. So the boys got to be a part of her act and and everything like that. It gave us a lot of time to do pictionary and stuff like that backstage. But yeah, it was kind of interesting to see that the show evolved from you know the, the what it was originally, and then going through the acts, and then they brought in the furcos, and the furcos then became a part of the entire show. Whereas before the these others just came in and they were just an act, but the Furcos came in and they used most of the dancers, you know, as the Bluebell, um, we were incorporated in a lot of their numbers because they were all the way through the show. So it was, um, for me being there as long as I did, because this was what the last two years or something, it wouldn't have been much more than the last two years. So I was probably ready to do some new choreography and, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah, it was, probably fun for me and the music was a lot more contemporary as well yeah because you know, this Hollywood was very um traditional you know the old you know 50s movies you know 40s 50s and 60s you know it's not even 60s you know so it's like to get this the Furcos had a lot of very contemporary music so for me that was kind of fun you know, to, to dance to something. Cause see, I, I mean, I was in love with, with Ron Lewis.
0: I wanted to do, go do his shows. yes yeah, That was my dream choreographer. So yeah. you do the, the same show for 11 years, but you didn't, it's like the people hear that they think you did the same thing, but you were switching it up all the time. So can you tell like what yeah. you did that 11 year span that made it always new and interesting?
1: Yeah. Um, I had you know, obviously when I first started, I was uh, a bluebell, and I was, uh, that's a dress dancer. And so I did that, I think close to a year and then they, ha- you know, they come to you and offer you, do you want to go topless? And so we were like, okay, why not? So then I switched over to the tall, um, tall new line and, you know, so there you've got a completely different show. Um, so then in amongst that time I got married and then I had my first son. And so when I came back into the show, I came back into the show as, um, back as, as a bluebell, but at during, before I went off and had my oldest son, I um, had started to do some understudy work, you know, principal understudy specifically, um, the acid queen number. And so that was fun because, um, Liz Elliott was the one that did the choreography, uh, but I liked it because I, that dance number was with the six black boys.
0: That Those was the boys, best. Course, yeah.
1: yeah. They were hot and it was fun. You know, it was like me, because I did it a lot. I did it quite a lot. Because uh, um, uh, when, when I was going out to have Shane, they had just the Diane guest was the one of the bluebells that she they gave her that spot when Saji, he was a female impersonator. Yeah, you would remember, and uh, he was a big larger than life, you know, drag queen in there, and it was fantastic. So when he left the show, they changed it and gave it um, to Diane, who was one of the bluebells, and um, and so I under I would do understudy for her then I was going out to have my son, but that was really fun doing something new like that. Doing, you know, some understudy work was great. And dancing with black boys was smashingly fun. I love that. <laughs> it's like, they just moved so good. I, I love that. So that was, that was a, that was really fun. So then, yeah, I come back into the show and I wasn't back in the show very long and that, you know, Jillian had offered me to be captain with Rita, who is just my nearest and best, you know, friend. I love Rita. And, and so then I learned what it was to be a swing. So, you know, because you've got to learn everybody's show. So there were, you know, originally there were four groups of seven dancers and then there was a swing that was in each one of those groups. So the show ran seven nights a week. And so you, um, out of each group, you know, one girl gets, gets the night off and the swing steps in and does her spot. So now I'm dancing and in, a, in that show, um, I thought the choreography of Hello Hollywood was, was really good. And, they were, you know, Blue Sleeves was a very substantial number and um, Green Space was a really great number and um, Dancing in the Dark. And the thing is you had to reverse it. So you didn't do just because you were on stage right or stage. No, if you were on stage right, you had to do it that way. And if you went over to stage left, you had to do it the other way. So as a swing dancer, you literally had to reverse entire dance numbers. And so that's where your training comes in. You know, uh-huh. because, you know, it's quite, I found it quite simple, actually, to just to go and dance on both sides of stage. It was great. It was a good challenge for me, too, at that point. And so, um, yeah, so we did, you know, I would do all of that. And then, of course, you know, as captain, you know, you're, you're putting people in the show. You're, you've got a little bit more contact with, um, with Don when he used to come in every six months for, you know, the cattle call and the auditions and stuff like that. So, but the thing was, Sherry, um, I loved being on stage because obviously going back to the original part of the story, I was only supposed to be here for about a year, maybe two, and then I was going to go home. And I was going to go and be my, the assistant teacher to, to my Miss Pat. And I was probably going to end up running the school for her. But the thing is I got on stage and I loved it. I felt at home on stage. And so um, I always, um, and I did this my entire career. I danced 18 years. I, 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 I just would have the best time of my life on stage. And the thing is, I always knew that there was somebody in that audience that hadn't seen it. And so why shouldn't I give them the best that I can give them? And, and so I was one of those dancers too, especially when I got down onto the smaller stages, which, of course, I loved. As, I, as my career went, I started in the biggest show and then I, the shows got smaller and smaller and smaller. And so my personality, I love to connect with the audience, and so the closer I got to them, and it was funny, I mean, here's a funny story. After I had retired, um, I was in Sam's Club one day over here, uh, over in Vegas, and uh, this couple had come up to me and they said, do you used to be a dancer at the Stardust? And I said, "Uh, yeah, I did, yeah, I was there, you know, and they said, what happened to you? Because they used to come I had gone from the Stardust, and then I'd gone and done a show with Venus, uh Jose Luis Venus, who was the costume designer. Um, I went and did a small show with him, loved it. But anyway, these people used to come and come to the show to see me. And I, hear, I never knew, they said, we didn't know what happened to you, we, 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 did, we come and you weren't there. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? So, you know, it was, I think it was just that thing, like, um, I love to be on stage, I loved connecting with the audience. I was, you know, I was not one of those people that looked past them. If I was, I could dance. I could do stuff right, you know, for people right in front of me. I love that. Absolutely
0: love that. You know, that. Was- I remember you being a wonderful performer. Like you always, I love that. I am. Um, so in yeah. all the shows, I know you went and did Stardust, and you did uh, Jubilee and Hallelujah. Do you have any stories of costume or disasters on stage? Because the bigger the show when things go wrong, they really go wrong. So do you have any memory of one of those? Um, Yeah, I I do
1: have a really good story from doing the acid in Reno. um, I had very high extensions, obviously, you know, because of all the years of ballet and everything. And I was an absolute pretzel, you know, I I was so limber, which went against me at the end, didn't it? I mean, two hip replacements later. But anyway, there was this um, one section where I had come down off of the living curtain and I did a large grand batman with the left leg and it caught my foot, caught the top of the headdress, wrapped my foot, the feathers, and took me to- totally over. I mean, because I pulled the head down with me as my leg. There I am. I've got three huge spotlights on me, right? And the, the black boys are all around me. And I kick and up, my foot goes straight into the headdress because it went back behind my head. And down I went. Well, it was hilarious. So there I am, unwrapping my foot in the middle of the stage, getting the feathers off of it, and <laughs> I pulled right up and just went on. Everybody <laughs> laughed. I mean, we all had. It. But um, that was probably my best um, best story of a serious faux pas because, yeah, I'm, I'm not in the core. I'm in the right in the spotlight. There right. Those,
0: like, no, there's no hiding. Were that, you that the night that the horse went into the rain trap? Do you want to tell a little bit of that story? I mean, I was like, I remember being on stage crying.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, it's, that was really tough. That was really, really tough. And um, uh, I remember there were audience members saying, stop the show, stop the show, dancers on stage, freaking out, freaking out. And the only thing that ever stood in my mind at that time was the show always has to go on. The show had to go on and you know the, the horse had gone you know straight down i mean he was just sitting in you know he's just in the
0: rain trough and everything and there Would was, uh, clarify what that is because people don't know how a horse falls in a rain trough because we had this waterfall on stage for space mm-hmm. and then yeah. horses horses in the ben-hur cut and so the trap opened and this horse mm-hmm. which is pretty wide so it says how big that thing is yeah. fell in and i just remember seeing top of its ears and part of its head. Yeah. I
1: mean, we had the boys, I mean, I remember, uh, I think it was Tim Mackey, Tim Mackey during the um, underground uh, war scene where the big waterfalls came on, he actually fell, and I think um, I think, Ted Roberts went, fell in one night from top, you know, it just depends if those you know, however they were maneuvered to lock in place and if they didn't lock in properly, yeah, somebody went down, you know. But <sighs> it was a dangerous, very
0: dangerous show.
1: It was a dangerous stage. And that's the, that's the other thing that we should mention, as I really think, especially Hello Hollywood and Jubilee, these big shows with these really big sets and stuff and you've got water and, you know, carts and this going everywhere, is that there's as much choreography going on backstage as there is on stage. I remember when I was teaching. You know, when I was captain in Reno, you really had to not only just teach the girls the number, but you had to teach them how to get out there. Don't go over here. Don't go over there. Do this way. Getting off stage. Don't go there. Because I mean, there's always there's also that part where the two revolves that were on the out. You know, the outsides there. There were times when those revolves were down, and there was nothing but the curtain. And so, if anybody was to walk around the front of that curtain and that thing was down, the danger of that was just in- incredible, incredible. Yeah,
0: that's several. Even that's up. a few stories down. It's not like a little drop. It's like a it's
1: full All way don't... to the back of it yeah, yeah. if you would break something severely yeah and then you know and it's like um you know when you it's almost a good idea to have them watch it from back because when those elevators start to drop and then every, the hole opens up you know and you know Kevin I my husband when he was he was first in the show you know they had them fl- do the flying in the spacesuits which I used to have fun with because it it be yes. was a fly up there but he said the first time I didn't know they pull you out over the top and you're up in the vicinity and then all you see all the way to the basement because the elevators have opened
0: right I did fly one night and and that's how far down that goes if something goes wrong you're not going to survive
1: yeah I think Glenn Murray actually threw up in his spacesuit helmet if I'm not mistaken because of course Glenn got up to a lot of stuff too but um, yeah, that's, yeah, that was, you know, if you're scared of heights and stuff, that's, I mean, could you think about that grand staircase that we used to come over, you know, we used to think from the very top, you've got what, three feet of costume. I mean, that big old, hollow dolly headdress, and you can't look down you know, I mean, you think, I mean, it only would have taken one slip of the heel catching that stair and you're a mess
0: at the bottom. You know, and you can't I, put hands down. A lot of those costumes, you couldn't put your hands down to catch yourself. So it's going to be a bobsled ride. I fell up the stairs twice. I never fell down, but I fell up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not a beautiful yeah. thing to see a girl go down. It's like a Muppet. Just.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I know. It was, yeah, it was, it was a very, you know, I remember the backs of my shoes just being raw, you know, nothing left on the back because I literally used to push my foot right up against the back of those stairs and of course they had all of that you know what was it bubbly type lights and stuff behind it so they were scraped to pieces but I'm like I need to be able to feel where the back of that stair is because if I think I'm going to fall I'm going to sit back you know yeah. and when you think back you know and I've been dancing heat wave um at the top of that dang thing and it's rocky you know yeah
0: yeah, it's crazy. crazy. I think of being young and not knowing how much risk. It, and now to imagine going like, oh my gosh, what did we do? That's, that's like a, even the sets, like you said, the floor is moving. So it's like this moving puzzle. And if you're not yeah. paying attention, there's like 108 ways to die in Hello Hollywood. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it was. I mean, you think about, you know, they had those big plexi lights on the floor you know, um, everywhere across the front of that stage. Um, yeah, you know, horrible to dance on. You know, the big steel, you know, bars. I mean, Jubilee stage was the hardest stage. I, I mean, it, I don't know how it was, you know, could be harder than what Reno was, but boy, that was, that was a really hard stage to dance on. There was no give in it whatsoever. But uh, And then, of course, you know, with Jubilee, um, you're going up and down the stairs because the basement is where the dressing rooms are in that show. At least in Hello Hollywood, the, the our dressing rooms were on stage level. But in Jubilee, they were four flights of stairs down. And so, I mean, talk about great legs. Holy <laughs> hell, you know,
0: Best workout. Um,
1: getting, just getting, yeah. to, getting to your <laughs> You don't need a stair master in those days, you know, so that was, that was a definite workout on the legs going up and down those stairs every night, because they literally change, it was, you know, there weren't quick changes on the side of the stage. I used to do a lot of those in Reno where it was like, I we have to cover a number, you know, we were short, so okay, we're going to do four numbers instead of three, you know, kind of thing. Um, to cover all of the dance numbers at the end of the show. You know, it was really hard to to keep a full cast up there at the end. But, but yeah, going up and down those stairs in Jubilee, uh, and then you've got staircase numbers on the stage. Yeah, it was crazy. But Kevin stayed, he stayed in Jubilee for uh, almost 10 years. I was only there for a year because I had that, you know, like I was telling you earlier, I had that fairy tale, happened you know where the company manager from the Stardust was sitting in the audience and spotted me and long story short you know offers me a principal position at the Lido and so that just changed my career And, and he was fantastic loved him and we did you know he you know changing headdresses to wear my hair and you know things like that it was really exciting so um I just it was really great at the end. I had producers going, Donna, are you available? We've got a show. You know, whereas you know, when you start you start out, you're you're auditioning, auditioning. And and so at the end it was like, you know, your reputation has now, you know, kind of preceded you. So they're calling, I want you to do the show. And then in amongst all of that fantasticness, I got to work with Ron Lewis finally. Yes. You know, it was, you know, um, it was when I was working for David Wright doing, we were, it was after um, I had finished Cabaret Circus with uh, Jose um, uh David Wright was bringing his show Bare Essence down to Vegas. He had had it up in Tahoe. And Kevin, my husband, had done his original show, shot, And so um, he's coming in. Whatever, come on. So anyway, I go over to uh, Andrew their Essence and uh, Julian was our company manager at the time and something happened. She was going on to do something else. Anyway, Ron came out of retirement and became our company manager. And so it was like, oh my gosh, he's going to be the company manager. Never thinking that that would be the capacity I would work with him in. And of course, he never just stayed with that. He transformed what was already a good show into a phenomenal show. Um, he worked with a couple of us that were doing featured spots, and he added that Ron Lewis flair. And you know, he would just let me do. It was he la- he allowed me just to go out there and dance sometimes, and it was oh, just, yeah. my God, this is awesome, you know? Yeah. So- And then, of course, um, the final show that I did, he uh, choreographed um, with Tiger Martini, Tiger Martina. Um, I got to dance with Tiger in Bear essence, And he's a phenomenal talent. And gosh, we had a blast. It was such, oh, talk about feed off each other's energy on stage during the numbers. It was just, you know, to be in these small casts with these seriously talented people that just, they're like minded like you you know so it's like they we fed off of each other and that's why i don't think the show was the same every night it just grew they allowed us as performers to change the show you know whereas you know a step might change whereas you' in those big shows that step going to stay the same tonight tomorrow night yeah. and every you know right so it's these smaller shows where you're more like all oh, everybody was a big dancer they allowed you to you know, if you want to add a role, you could, you know, it was great. Yeah. It was just an incredible time. And then in the hot rock and country it was a fierce show. We worked our heinies off, but my body just felt, and that was when my body just fell apart, unfortunately. Yeah. But, how long um, um,
0: your career like in these shows? Cause 11 just with Hello Hollywood. How how many years did you do the Bluebell production type shows? Um. I-
1: I danced 18 years altogether.
0: Yeah. Was it your choice to end or your body was saying no, thank you?
1: No, no. I I had no choice. You know, um, Ron and David were going on to do another show after Hot Rock and Country. And, you know, he did his best to say, Donna, we've got this number. We want to do this number. And I just said, Ron, I can't walk. And I literally couldn't walk at that point. I could still dance, though, Sherry, which most, you know, people – the shows that those shows, Bare Essence, Hot Rock and Country, they were dancers' shows because all when all the dancers wanted to go see a show, they came to see us. So there probably wasn't a night that there wasn't a dancer in the show, you know, watching in the audience. Yeah. So... You know, when your peers are, are watching you, you know, you, and we've got, we had Starlight Express in town at the time. So you've got all these New York performers. They were coming all the time, you know. So you could all, you had to be always on your game. So bare essence, I could, I knew there was something wrong. I knew that my right hip was, something was really wrong. And so I knew my time was, was really limited, but um, it was, when I when I went when I got into hot rock and country and we were we got this show open and we were you know going for it there and I was like oh my god this is this is getting worse and worse and you know where one of the guys was just like you know trying to you know knead out the knots and the piriformis and everything it was so bad but um, but yeah I was like people would come and see the show and go oh my god and then they'd see me dance after uh, walk after the show and I couldn't walk And they're like how are you dancing and i said the only thing i can say is that i'm using different muscles and there's a there's a this there's this magic that happens when i'm on stage that i i push through it and i never you know it's like it's like going back to those days of blood in my point shoes that training of pain that you you that's part of it pain is part of it you know um so you project this beautiful you know, effortless thing from the audience, but but there's a lot of stuff that it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a dance captain, you know, in Reno, there was a lot of cocktail waitress, waitresses that would come and say, "I want to be in the show. I can do. I can do. I can walk." But see, they don't understand that. No, those are not the only numbers. The, you have to be able to do this. You have to be able to do that. That's why Don and Bluebell always love the dancers with ballet background. Because if, you can, if you've got a ballet background, then you can do anything, pretty much. And there
0: were some very balletic pieces in the show, too, that you, you, could, you could fake the technique in a lot of those.
1: Well, no, when we went not.
0: to the reunion, I had just, it was two weeks after my second hip replacement mm-hmm. and I was obvious because I had my, my gown on with my walker, but I think I talked, well, I talked to you, but I talked to probably 50 people that night that had had double hip replacement. And then on the Facebook feed too, like, it's very common. I think of like those heels yeah. turn out from ballet. And then like most of our kicks tend to be on one side. So we're lopsided, but it's kind of a, it was a common thing, but it was like, we, put some good miles on these hips and now we have new hips <laughs>
1: but, are you, but, in you know, but isn't it wonderful I mean it's I remember you know when I went in for the first one you know my doctor you know is telling me because I was in such incredible pain at that point you know top of my femur was gone I was bone on bone this terrible you know, you can't sleep, and you're, you know, you, your personality is not even the same. But he's just saying, you know, you're going to have some surgery pain for about ten days, and but the the arthritis is gone, and I couldn't wrap my mind around that, and I, and I even, it even took me, I don't know, you might be able to, you know, um, agree with me on this, that you almost remembered the pain being there, you know, like. Uh, I had, be, I had dealt with it for so long that when it wasn't there, it was hard to, you know, to finally take a step where I actually full rolled through a normal gait. They had to teach me how to walk again. when yeah. I had the, My gait was so bad. I had learned how to get out and around it and screwed up
0: my back and, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was um, yeah. Adaptation. So we're almost at the end of our time, but you, did, you took, a, I could just go for hours. This is so fascinating because even though we work in the same place, like you don't know everybody because there's so many people in the cast, but you yeah. took a break and that, oh, that was another thing, like how people kind of picture like the Vegas life. I remember the show Vegas and Dantana, that these girls are party animals. Like they've got kids, they're married, you do the show, you go up to bed. <laughs> it's, it's so different but, than what I think yeah. well, the lifestyle is, but that you, you've got to- just one child you've got your son
1: no I two I have two boys um you know she, uh, Trace came along after um I had retired because that was I retired at the end of 95 and Trace was born in 97 and then when he was six months old is when I had the first hip replacement that was fun having a six month old with a hip replacement oh my gosh yeah that was good yeah. enough but yeah um yeah, life goes on. I mean, I had, um, you know, Shane, he was born in 85. And so it was very hard. There were, you know, there were times, especially in Reno, you know, because the second show didn't start till midnight. And it wasn't open until two. And so um, I was, you know, Shane had to be at a babysitter. He was a baby, you know. And so you'd get done with the show at two o'clock, get your makeup off take a shower, get yourself out the door, run to the babysitter. By the time I would get to the sitter and then home, it's probably 3 or 3.30 in the morning. And then, you know, then he was getting up at seven thirty, eight 8 o'clock um, on a good day. And yeah. so um, I was just skin and bones. And then, of course, my marriage fell apart. And it was just, just you know, it was really, really hard. There were hard times. There were definitely hard yeah. times. But, but in amongst those hard times... For all of you budding dancers out there, if you have the arts in your, in your arsenal, it's going to get you through anything that life brings along. Because um, I remember, you know, this terrible divorce that I went through and, and everything. I just remember, once again, my art, my show, I got to go out and leave that outside the door you know and so I had I almost had an escape from you know some of the crap that goes life comes your way I mean that's just life isn't it but you know I think when you if you play an instrument or you know if you can dance or if you're an artist you know you paint whatever you know those you know those talents might be it's it's a it's a way to express yourself you know um, when things may not be so great because you know it's like you know, the clown, you know, everybody loves to clown. But, you know, it's everybody, we all, we had to go out and smile. And there's a lot to be said for that, isn't there? Yeah.
0: yeah. Kind of like work through the bloody toes, work through the bloody marriage. <laughs> through the... Yeah, so I, You took a break from dancing, but what, can you tell just a little bit, because we are kind of towards the end, like what brought yeah. you back to dance and how has that been for you to be back doing yeah. what you love?
1: Well, it was it was really interesting because a good girlfriend of mine we had met when we were teenagers I was eighteen and she was nineteen. she was like the first in the first group of girls to come into the show in Reno after we first opened and we remained friends all these years right we would run, we would we would cross each other's paths over the years. we lived fairly close down here in Vegas and stuff anyway she called me up and um, she was uh, she was working with. The Miss Senior Nevada Pageant, which is um, all the golden ladies, I call them the golden ladies, and um, she was doing uh, little dance numbers and stuff and going around, you know, the uh, retirement homes, doing these like little vignette shows. Anyway, her dances, you know, her average age dancer was probably, I would say, you know, 60 to 70. And anyway, so there was this one um, gig that they were doing, and it was a it was something that was actually done over on Brush Street at the at uh, the community event center over there. So it had a real stage and everything. Can't remember any much about it, but she said I literally had to come in and learn this dance number and do it in a day. And so she says, Donna, can you come and help me? You know, um, I'm one of the ladies is sick, and I I have to replace her. Can you do it? And I'm like, oh gosh, Troy, I haven't danced forever, ever, right? She said, no, come on, it'll be great. So I go over, and you know, she's she's got a little dance studio in her house, and she, I meet you know three of the other ladies are there, and it was funny because the one that I just was just cracked me up. She's like. Who are you? We don't need you here. I mean, it was so funny because, you know, she was like, she had no idea who I was. And, of course, then I ended up teaching her, you know, and she became, she became part of my Green Valley group. But, but, yeah, I got back into it through Troy and through doing these, you know, little vignettes um, and the pageant, the, the Miss Senior Nevada pageant where they actually crowned me And um, we were just, you know, dance numbers as an entertainment within the show and everything. And so then um, I, you know, I moved to this community and um, I ended up putting a troupe together, my dancing dolls of Los Prados. Um, I I had about 20 girls strong in that group and they were people that have never danced in their life and had never had the opportunity that I had. And it just was so much fun. Um, And I actually did, I did do one production, a huge production for a church that I worked for. Um, And that was the same thing where it was like these, we did, it was a Baptist church and we did dancing, you know, the the Baptist church. Um, Anyway, it was a breakthrough. It was a real breakthrough, but we had the best time. But that became my, um, that was my forte, I think, was that here I am coming full circle to being the teacher where I'm now really teaching what I started out to, you know, 40 plus years ago, here I am, now I'm teaching, now I'm giving back, but I'm giving back to not little little kids, but to beautiful golden age ladies who never had the chance that we did. And we're having a blast with it, getting all dolled up, got the eyelashes on and the yeah. red You know, um, my ladies at um, Los Prados, we did Fosse. We did uh, really yeah, we did fruit and oh my gosh, we worked hard on that. That's a fierce number. And I of course That's I hard. changed the choreography a wee bit, but we certainly did, you know, um we got the flavor of it, shall we say? Right. But yeah. It's just fantastic, you know, because yeah, it's giving back. It's giving back to the community and blessing, you know, these these, these people, these lovely ladies and you know, gents that you know, who knew? I mean, I would have never thought, you know, that I'd be still dancing. But you know, I go off to my little line dances, and you know, by the time I'm warmed up, I'm killing it in the back of the yeah. row, <laughs> trying, not trying not to distract the, run, you know, but just, just that feeling of dancing, you know, as a dance, you know, you just, it's almost a euphoric feeling you know yeah. when piece music when that mu- you start to dance from here the technique is there right you t- you've trained and done all of that but when you start to move with that soul that's in you woo, boy that's nothing like that yeah really good good talk you are
0: so it's so fun because people only hear this but i get to have the visual and just to see how <laughs> animated when you talk like when you talk about ron lewis when you talk about like you, you change, like there's this, this is obviously in you and then to come back to it at whatever age that it's not gone. It's so beautiful. It's yeah. like, what I always think. like, what are the um, things that give, give you life? And if dance is giving you that much life and you get to share it. So yeah. I think some people like the mindset, like when I first started 20, I'd see dancers in their thirties and think they were so old and like, gosh, I hope yeah. I can still go. And then you start to see dancers that are going longer. And like, oh, there's some expectation that you hit a peak and then they just put you away somewhere. And it's like, yeah. there is beauty of this longevity that you are always going to be a dancer. And yeah, that yeah. great poise is going to help you with your posture, it's going to help you with your confidence, oh. not just on stage. It's like it permeates so much gotcha. of real life. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it's probably the best anti aging pill you could take. I honestly believe that. I think for all of the people that have continued to move and dance and, you know, still do that stuff, you know, hip replacements, please, good. I got new ones, let's do it all over again, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah, Uh, Well, It has been an absolute joy to connect with you. And just, uh, everybody I'm interviewing, it just makes me go, this was amazing. This was such an amazing era. But the fact with technology, you know, that we can reconnect and we can remember like how special that was and, and sharing those memories has been beautiful. So I will mm-hmm. bid you adieu. And it was wonderful. And I'll just see you on Facebook book and we'll stay in contact until the next reunion. Thank you. Thank so thank- you. It's lovely. Thanks for thinking of me, girl. Thank you.